0: you're listening to the hey legal podcast
1: cpd when you want where you want
0: cpd
2: for modern lawyers
1: this free hey legal podcast is brought to you with the support of caseload from de novo business intelligence
2: this podcast is brought to you by workflow solutions specialists in records and document management scanning and digitization managed print cloud and it solutions
0: Hi, and welcome back to the Hay Legal podcast. This week we have a very special guest, Philip Rodney, on the show. Philip is a former chairman of Burnus Paul, a Times columnist, and provides business strategy and advice through his legal consultancy, Rimalor Consulting. He is in conversation with Ali Thompson of Hay Legal. First, we hear about one of Philip's recent articles in the Times. Apollo thirteen shows how to divert a catastrophe when disaster strikes, and how it is related to today's crisis.
1: Denial is, 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 you know, a step that people take in terms of confronting it. And I think we have to, you know, actually step back, pinch ourselves, and realise what's happening, and actually react to it.
0: Philip also shares some insight into what he believes firms should be doing right now. At a time like this, you should be out there speaking to
1: your clients, reminding them that you're still there, but. More more importantly, finding out what it is that you could be doing to be helping them over the next, it's not the next six months, it's the next two, three, four, five or five years.
0: And finally, we hear how Philip believes law firms should be operating to create a positive wellbeing culture within their firms.
1: I have to say, I get slightly irritated when law firms keep telling me how good they are as people. <laughs> I mean, that should be a given. You know, it's not something to boast about. It's, that's how, how we should operate as human beings.
0: To hear the full interview and all our other CPD classes, please head over to haylegal.co.uk and subscribe. Okay, let's hear the show.
2: Well, Philip, thank you so much for um, coming on to Hay Legal um, and, and giving us your valuable time and expertise. Today, I really they do very much appreciate it. Um, today, I think we're planning to talk about first of all, dealing with the shock of the change circumstances that everyone's experiencing and law firms are experiencing. Then we'll look at the practical steps that law firms can take now and then um, hopefully talk about embracing change and going forward and how businesses might be reimagined potentially as we try to navigate our way over the next few years. So just as a starting point, you have written in the past about how law firms have been slow to change uh, and I wonder if you could just give uh, an insight into why you think that has been the case. Well, well thanks, Ali. It's a, a pleasure to be participating in
1: this. Um, maybe I could contextualise it. Um, you know, I'm a, a, an unreconstructed um, petrol head, um And... If you look at the Volkswagen Golf, which I think first came along in 1974 and has had eight iterations since then, I think the legal profession has been like that. You know, the, the, the golf is a very good product, and they've evolved it. Um, and I think that the same has happened with the legal profession. And I think there are reasons for it. We've gone through a golden age where I think lawyers are respected and and well remunerated. Um, but we're about to enter change in the same ways as the car industry has entered change, where, where there's a requirement to move from fossil fuels to electrification. And, and in some ways, I see
2: a parallel with what's happening in the legal profession. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're now in a period of obviously remarkable change, which is, has been forced upon uh, law firms and you wrote an article, for those that don't know, you write uh, weekly in the Times, in the Scotland section. Uh, I'm an avid reader, I have to say. You're uh, my I'm not, and I'm, <laughs> I'm not just saying that, but uh, a few weeks ago you wrote an article entitled Apollo 13 Shows How to Avert a Catastrophe When Disaster Strikes. Mm-hmm. And it was a very interesting article because it talked about the process of handling a disaster. And yeah. I wonder if you could just perhaps outline a bit of what you're thinking had been in that article. Sure.
1: Um, I don't know, uh, I'm sure lots of viewers are too young to remember um, the uh, Apollo 13 mission in 1970. Uh, and, and for those who, who weren't aware, what happened was about three days into the mission, um, the, the disaster struck and there was a big explosion um, in the uh, spacecraft. Um and the challenge for ground control and the astronauts was to, you know, bring it back home um, after, you know, an enormous amount of damage. And and when I was looking back at what happened, um, there were four th- things that struck me that you know were analogous with what's happening in the world just now, or had were lessons I suppose that we could learn for the, the world we're in just now. The first one was that uh, in the immediate aftermath of the explosion, um, the astronauts and ground control didn't want to believe what the readings were that they were seeing. So they thought there was actually something wrong with the um, dials rather than, you know, being prepared to confront what was happening. And I think that, you know, has a resonance with what we're, what's happening just now. Um, denial is is, is, is you know, a step that people take in terms of confronting it. And I think we have to, you know, actually step back, pinch ourselves and realise what's happening and actually react to it. The second thing that I came across, and actually in some ways the most important one, was, uh, it was a guy called Gene Kranz, who's the flight commander at uh, NASA. And in the immediate aftermath, everybody was talking about, you know, the systems going down and concentrating about what wasn't working. And, 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 and there was a sense of panic. Um, and he flipped that over and said, let's look at what's still working and work out from that. And I, and I think that, again, you know, is a, a good lesson for, you know, what, what we can do as lawyers. In terms of reconfiguring our law firms. Third point, I'm, I'm amazed, a man of my age remembering the four points that I made, <laughs> but, but, but um, the, the, the third point um, was that they had to improvise. Um, they, they, there was a, a lack of oxygen um, and they had to improvise a, a, a fix using socks and cardboard and all bits and pieces And again, you know, I think in this period, we have to make do. Um, I think there are lots of things that perhaps we wished we had, but we don't. And we have to make do with what we've got. And the fourth lesson that I took out of it was um, about two or three um, hours into the uh, crisis, uh, there was a change of shift. And Gene Kranz was due to um, hand over to a much younger flight controller, And it would have been very easy for him to say, no, look, I'm the boss, you know, I'm continuing. But he did hand over to a younger and fresher team. And I think that's important in terms of, this isn't a time for hero leadership. You know, it's a time for pulling together teams and letting all the talent, you know, guide us, you know, to to success.
2: Yeah. So there is a... what you've outlined there is almost, I mean, they may have obviously made that up as it happened and you've been able to 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 you know um, assess it with the benefit of hindsight, but but clearly there is a process to follow because many businesses right now in the last few weeks will essentially have gone into a, a state of shock. You know, they have got staff furloughed, customers have disappeared, everything that, that's normal has stopped. But it isn't a time just to simply freeze. It's a time to get... Busy in a structured way, or to think in a structured way of the situation. Yes, no, undoubtedly. I mean, I think that the
1: the first um, imperative is to survive, um, and and correctly, that's what people are focusing on. But then, there's a the next stage because life will go on after this. Uh, and I'm I'm the eternal Pollyanna. I actually think that there are lots of positives that will come from this. Um, and, and so you really need to repurpose, and um, that that means I think right sizing, but more importantly than that, right shaping. Um, it's about thinking about what the law firm's future will look like, um, and that's not something which we can do in isolation. You know, we're a service industry, so we have to really be speaking to our clients and understanding what their needs for the future will be. Um, and I think also, you know, we have to be match fit. Of course, you know, people have, have to be furloughed at a time like this. Um, but but you, you also need to make sure that, you know, when um, business returns to normal, uh, you know, we're, we're match fit and, and ready to go. Yeah. So
2: right now, in a, in a very immediate sense, Philip, you know, what would you suggest that law firms should be doing right now
1: Well, I think that one thing that we learned from 2008 was that, you know, the firms that made the hard calls, you know, rather than, you know, dealing with, you know, having death by a thousand cuts, were the ones who actually came out of it stronger, you know, than when they went into it. Um, And I think that requires, you know, as I was saying before, you know, really to understand what it is that your clients will will need. What will the services look like? How will they be delivered? Um, And then, you know, making some hard calls. Um, And I think that's about retaining talent in your business. I, I think it's about, you know, having... Remuneration that reflects that. I think it's about thinking of the business as a whole, and there is a tendency for partners to think about partners. It's about thinking about all of your stakeholders. Um, so, so it's taking all these steps. I think is important. But, but my 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 strong feeling is that at a time like this, you should be out there speaking to your clients, reminding them that you. That was still there, but more importantly, you know, finding out what it is that you could be doing to be helping them over the next. And it's not the next six months; it's the next two, three, four,
2: or five years. Yeah, it's going to be obviously a radically transformed landscape and different relationships between law firms and their clients. Different needs are going to be. There, and just a new reality, obviously, around what's previously been the financial structure of the way services are being provided that just may no, no longer be viable. And, and if you were, I mean, a lot of law firms um, are going to be obviously worried right now. And it's a bit like anything when you try to say, oh, we'd like to develop a wellbeing culture, we'd like to develop this type of culture, whatever. But people often really just simply don't know where to start. Mm-hmm. You might have a theorem with only four or five partners or 15 or whatever it will be and it's sometimes not clear what should actually be done. Can you give any guidance in relation to actually taking the first step of, of many? Um
1: I, I, I trained in a big firm, and then I went to a, a small firm, Alexander Stoden Co., which in turn merged with and um, Lashley Bernice paul and we had a fantastic senior partner there. Um, and everything started with, you know, basically, you know, do the right thing. Um, and I think if you have a strong moral compass and you keep coming back to it and testing you every action against it, you, you won't go wrong. So I, 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 I get I have to say, I get slightly irritated when law firms keep telling me, you know, how good they are as people. <laughs> I mean, that should be a given. You know, it's not something to boast about. It's, uh, that, that, that's how, how we should operate as human beings. So, you know, invest in, in, in trying something new. And um, the best piece of advice that I ever received in my life, which is the guy from who's, who's my mentor, was that a good leader gets it right seven times out of ten. If you get it right ten times out of ten, you're not trying enough things. Be prepared to try new things. And if you don't work,
2: retreat quickly and with humility. But don't be scared to try new things. So be brave. Be brave. Well, that is a brilliant note upon which to end. Um, thank you so much for your time and uh, wisdom and insight, Philip.
0: Well, um, well, I've I'm never
2: sure. been accused of having wisdom before. <laughs> I'm sure that's not the case. But uh, thank you so much. I'm sure that everyone who listens into this in due course will benefit from it because I think we genuinely are uh, across society, but certainly within the profession, looking at and reimagining everything that we do and trying to work out whether it has uh, a market in a future and how we can do things better. So I'm absolutely sure that this uh, today will have helped that process. So thank you very much for your time. It's a pleasure. All the best. Thank you very much. Stay safe.
1: Thank you for listening to this Hey Legal podcast. We hope you enjoyed it. To hear the full CPD qualifying content, please visit heylegal.co.uk to subscribe and join our community. Or you could ask your law firm to contact us for a firm-wide subscription.
0: Learn more, be more with Hey Legal.